Well, as always, thank you so much to all of those who helped to put our worship service together. Um, for Linda Truck and Miller Crum, who was our liturgist this morning. Uh, for Gary Brubaker, who always puts our music together so wonderfully. For our Wesley Choir and Praise Team, who are our song leaders, thank you so much. Now, this morning, um, we start this new series um, about ordinary saints. Uh, and again, I think sometimes we think saints are these larger-than-life personalities, and maybe they are. Um, we think of the incredible and miraculous and wonderful things that they've done. And they're also human beings, just like you and me. They're ordinary. And they also do extraordinary things and to do things that change the world. And the things that they do are through ordinary acts every day. And so throughout this series, we'll look at some of these ordinary saints, like Mr. Rogers, Dolly Parton, Aretha Franklin, John Wesley, and the People of Faith United Methodist Church. And so this morning, we'll start with Mr. Rogers. Would you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, Mr. Rogers, um, as I said in the beginning of the service, was a staple in my childhood. Um, I remember watching Mr. Rogers and the little trolley in the land of make-believe. Um, maybe you do too, or maybe your kids or your grandkids or even your great-grandkids um, are familiar with Mr. Rogers and King Friday the 13th and, you know, all of, all of the characters. Um, uh, or perhaps uh, more modern, and you're familiar with Daniel Tiger um, in Daniel Tiger's neighborhood, which is Mr. Rogers. Um, so uh, Mr. Rogers' influence spans generations as well. So let's start with just a little bit about who he was and then what he taught and how it relates to the gospel. So uh, Mr. Rogers was born uh, March 20th in 1928, uh, and he died fe February 27th in 2003. He was the writer, producer, star, I think he did everything on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. <clears throat> he was also an ordained Presbyterian minister. In fact, he was ordained specifically as an evangelist for TV. Um, he uh, married um, his wife, Joanne, and had two children. When, um, when he was a young child, he talks about a difficult childhood, um, that he was shy, had asthma, and had the nickname Fat Freddy. There are some who say that probably we wouldn't have Mr. Rogers had we not had the childhood that he had um, and the lessons that he learned from there. So he spent much of his time alone and isolated during his childhood, creating these worlds of make-believe and fantasy. He said that when he was in high school, um, he gained some more confidence and made friends who cared about him for who he actually was at the core of his being. <clears throat> now, Mr. Rogers was born into a wealthy family, um, but he carried, cared little about the money and lived quite frugally. Uh, he became a vegetarian in the 80s, and he said it was because he couldn't imagine eating anything that had a mother. Um, so his caring extended in so many different ways. Now, while his faith um, and Christian faith was at the center of his teachings, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood didn't explicitly talk about religion or spirituality. In fact, um, he was ordained as an evangelist for TV, and he met yearly with his denominational officials to justify his ministry. 
So what did they teach on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? Um, the show dealt with difficult topics, um, not just things like death and divorce and conflict, getting lost, but also things like the Vietnam War, what is assassination, also the Challenger explosion. Mr. Rogers was specifically called to help respond to uh, the 9-11. There were so many things that Mr. Rogers responded to in ways that children could both understand and collect, um, but also I think in ways that adults could also understand and think about how to respond to children. There were other things that he did on his show um, that showed just how much he cared for people. Um, he fed fish um, on the show in his fish tank and received a letter from a blind child who said that she was very concerned um, about those fish because she wasn't sure that he was feeding them. And so he changed, and every time he fed the fish, he made sure to say, I'm feeding the fish, to make sure that she knew that the fish were fine. Um, he uh, shared a pool with one of the characters on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood called Officer Clemens. And Officer Clemens was a black man. And he shared this pool with him during a time in the country where black people were being kicked out of swimming pools in incredibly violent ways. He did this as both a statement and to show his caring for Officer Clemens. There's, a, there's so many songs that he sang, but one of the songs, It's You I Like, um, he originally sang with a young boy in a wheelchair, Jeff Erlanger, and he sang this song um, to, with Jeff um, that said, um, it's you I like, everything about you. Now, can you imagine singing that to a child who's in a wheelchair who may have heard things about himself or others or his family and to be told you are special, you are loved, and it's you that I like. He's caring extended in so many ways. And one of his philosophies was that no one can grow unless they're accepted just as they are. The greatest thing is to tell people that they are loved and able to love others. These are some of the central teachings around Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, in addition to be, being a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Um, now, you would think that Mr. Rogers would be without critique, but that's not true. Um, we live in a society that tends to thrive on criticism, um, and there was some criticism for Mr. Rogers. Um, there are some who have said, well, you told a generation of, of kids, of people, that they're special, and that's what's wrong with our world today, um, that there are these entitled special people But isn't that part of the fundamental notion of Christianity, that you are a beloved child of God? And we have so many ways and places throughout our culture and society that tells us that we're not worthy, that we're not good enough. And so to be told that you are a beloved child of God, who doesn't need to hear that? And to tell people that they're worthy of love and being loved, Y'all, that is grace if I ever heard of grace. <laughs> that there's nothing that you can do to earn grace. It's given to us freely and simply because of who God is, not because of who we are or what we've done or not done, but because God is a loving God and loves us exactly as we are. It's you I like.
these notions, which are at the center of his teaching, they're, they're fundamental parts of Christianity. You're special. You don't have to do anything for people to love you. I mean, when God created humanity, God said, this is very good. These are parts of the gospel, parts of our story as people of faith. It's you I like. Won't you be my neighbor? Now, in addition to these things, love is really what undergirds everything. And that's what undergirds everything in the Christian story as well. Um, But love undergirds everything that Mr. Rogers teaches. The only thing that really changes the world is that love can abound and be shared with others. Jesus said the two greatest commandments are to love your neighbor or to love God with your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, I think those are secretly three commandments in there because you love God, you love your neighbor, but it also says that you love yourself because we're worthy of love ourselves. If we don't love ourselves and see ourselves as special and beloved children of God, how do we love our neighbor as we love ourselves? If you can't love yourself, how do you love anybody else? Or if you love your neighbor the way that you love yourself and the way that you love yourself is not, is not love at all? Well, no wonder we have so many problems, right? <laughs> love God with your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Everything falls under these. Now, sometimes we don't get the choice of who to be in relationship with. But it doesn't make our choice to love any less. If we love God with our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength, how can we not love our neighbor? How can we not love who God loves? If we're created in the image of God, how do we not love one another? We love, not to earn God's love, but because God first loved us. And so that means how we talk about each other matters. We're each other's neighbors, not, you know, whatever, whatever words we use. Our words matter because our, our words also reflect how we treat one another. Our love leads to actions, how we care for one another making sure that everyone is treated with dignity and respect, that everyone is loved and able to be loved, that maybe everyone has access to anything that they need that will help them flourish in life, not insisting on our own way, but what's best for someone else. Those are words from Paul. And of course, the words from Jesus, to love God, to love your neighbor, and to love yourself. And Jesus wasn't the first one to say these words, too. They were found within the scriptures of the Old Testament as well. Love undergirds everything. This love is at the center of who we are as people of faith, created in the image of God, as followers of Jesus Christ. Love God with your heart, your soul, your mind, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And sometimes maybe those seem like incredible tasks, And yet, they're what we're called to do and to be. Maybe you think that it is a saint who can do, who's the only one who can do these things. I don't think that's true. 
at least not in the way that saints are pictured as, as these perfect people or perfect beings. That's, that's really not who a saint is. To be a saint doesn't mean that you're perfect. That's something we're working on and something God does within us, that we are perfected through God's love. Mr. Rogers thought of himself not as a perfect person. He said, being a saint is unattainable. I'm just someone who loves. And Mr. Rogers was someone who struggled with tragedy in order to realize the gravity of love. Someone who worked to love God and to love neighbor. And I think also to love himself. And there were moments, just like we have moments that maybe he didn't think he was quite up to the challenge. He had doubts about his own uh, abilities and impact. And towards the end of his life, he asked his wife, Joanne, do you think I'm a sheep or a goat? Talking about Matthew 25, the passage where Jesus separates the sheep and the goat. And he wondered, have I done enough? Have I shown enough love? Now, can you imagine being Mr. Rogers and wondering if you've made a difference in the world or enough of a difference? If Mr. Rogers struggled, can't you see how we struggle too? He was always striving to make the world better and change the world for the better, making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world, teaching us how to love God how to love ourselves, and to love our neighbor. So what do we do? How do we live these lessons? Well, we can start in even just small ways. Like this week, show someone or find someone to love. And I gotta tell you, it's not gonna be that difficult to do. Maybe it's someone that you disagree with. Maybe it's someone who... um, You know, when you talk politics, it doesn't go well. Well, how can you show love to one another? Maybe there's someone that you've hurt, that you know I have done wrong. How do you show them love? Or um, maybe it's a stranger who you see in the store who's having a bad day. Maybe it's paying for someone behind you in the grocery store or at Starbucks. Maybe it's buying a meal for someone in a restaurant. Those random acts of kindness. How do you show love? Finding someone to love isn't really that hard. Sometimes it's showing the love that's hard. Maybe it's baking cookies for your neighbors to deliver around your neighborhood with just a note that says you're special or you are loved. Maybe it's picking up some encouraging cards and mailing them to people. Maybe going through the church directory and sending them, telling people you are loved. Maybe it's calling someone who has meant something really a great deal to you and telling them that, telling them that you love them and what they've done in your, to make a difference in your life. Maybe it's something like washing the dishes for your spouse or your parents or cleaning your bedroom without being asked. Showing love doesn't have to be perfect. We don't have to get everything right to show love. We are perfected in God's love. 
Now, if you think about when your kids or someone made you breakfast in bed, was it a gourmet meal? And even if it wasn't, was it still one of the best things? To Mr. Rogers, the number 143 meant love um, because he said, um, I love you. I had one letter, love has four letters, and you has three letters. It was an ordinary way for him to remember love. 143. How can you show love to someone? Mr. Rogers had a lesson about love that he often did. And he said, think about people who loved you into being. He did this often through a moment of silence. Mr. Rogers used silence regularly. So, thinking about that, would you take, with, would you take along with me 60 seconds to think of the people who have helped you become who you are, those who have loved you, who have cared about you and wanted what's best for you in life? just for 60 seconds. Maybe you want to share the name of the people or person or people who you thought of, those who loved you into being. Thank you for doing that with me. Who are those people? Are they sitting in the room with you? Have you sat in a room with them before? Can you think about how deeply loved you are and the ways that you can love others. Richard Rohr, who is a Franciscan priest, said, we are never earning God's love, but returning God's love. Love and the lack of love are at the root of all relationships. You can spend your life trying to make things perfect and you will never be satisfied. But you can love yourself. You can love God. You can love your neighbor and see the beauty around you that others might ignore. And then spend your energy pointing to that beauty because it's all around you. Love God with your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's you I like. It's such a good feeling to know you're alive. It's such a happy feeling. You're growing inside. And when you wake up ready to say, 
I think I'll make a snappy new day. It's such a good feeling, a very good feeling, the feeling you know you're alive. May we love one another the way that God has first loved us to return the love of God to ourselves and to the world. Thanks be to God. Amen.